Welcome to the ETS podcast, where we are facing the challenge and shaping the future. Greetings and welcome again to our continued study of the Holy Scripture. Now, what we're doing today, we're continuing our discussion of biblical illiteracy versus biblical literacy. We concluded our last class with going through a number list of things that we would consider as being factors that are attributing to biblical illiteracy within our present-day society. What I want to do today, I want to continue going through that particular list. Obviously, we recognize that our present reality has confirmed that we are in a steady decline of understanding the Holy Scripture. The knowledge of the Scripture is at stake. What are the attributing factors to that? Well, you might remember or you might recall in the last session we discussed distractions. Distractions such as social networking, such as cell phones, such as texting, such as notifications. We discussed the unlimited availability of entertainment today. Things that didn't exist when I was uh, a young man. We also talked about the constant changes of, of careers, the expectation that that my sons will change their careers at least four different times, my grandchildren as many as six, because of the evolution and the process of things within society. It's forcing us to change our careers. Therefore, we're going back to institutions to study, to retool, to rethink, to redesign so that we can continue in the work field. Those studies have taken away from our giving ourselves to the Holy Scripture. And then we, we talked very briefly about financial increase in society and the availability of medical care, etc. All of these are wonderful things, but it has made us more dependent upon self and less dependent upon God. And we concluded our last study with mentioning these two very essential and important points. As unusual as it sounds, the enormous amount of the availability of study helps and study guides. And you can say, how has that hindered or hurt? How can commentaries or lexicons or word studies, how, how, can this, how can this stuff actually hinder? Well, to the newfound Christian, they really do not know where to begin. And when they see the enormity of all of this collective stuff brought together without a mentor to lead them into the Scripture, they just simply push it away. It's, it's, it's a task that's, that's just too large for me. And then we concluded last time about how the Bible has to so many become a collection of chapter and verses rather than a narrative. And we concluded with the thought that the Bible is not a reference book. I will say that again. The Bible is a flowing narrative. And if you're ever going to be literate, you're going to have to recognize that it is a flowing narrative written by a specific author. It's not something that we pull this scripture out and this scripture here and this scripture here and this scripture here and use it to prove a point. While we do that from time to time, when you do it, you never take scripture out of the flowing narrative context. You've got to keep the content together. The Bible is not a reference book of numbered truth points. It is a flowing narrative. What are those things that attribute 
to biblical illiteracy. We must add the influx of various religions. Again, in society, in my younger days, there were very few religions. Uh, We understood Christianity to be the religion. Well, now today, obviously, there's the influx from around the world. As we see this influx of various religions invading our society, we find people that are leaning more toward point seven, religious pluralism. What is religious pluralism? That is the thought and the idea that all religions lead to the same God. I can remember recently a great star, a very successful movie star in the United States, stood, stood in a meeting in New York City and asked the millions of people that were actually viewing the broadcast to pray into their God. And she made this statement, because all prayers lead to the same God. No, they do not. There is one God, Jehovah God. There are not many gods. But what we're finding in an influx of various religions into the society is the idea of religious pluralism, which is, which is a lie of the devil. Then I would go to point eight, inconsistent lifestyles among church attendees, especially among church leadership. I suppose there was a day that uh, lifestyles were more hidden. But obviously today what we're seeing when we see failed lives, people who will say, do not do as I do, do as I say do, that doesn't work. If I am to teach you anything, let me teach you through my actions, my attitude, and my conduct prior to my words. Do not listen to my words if my walk has not, first of all, led you to understand that there is a depth of relationship in that life. Inconsistent lifestyles among church members and especially among the church preachers and teachers. It has attributed to a decline of studying the Word of God. I would add to that religious movements who still insist that only a few selected can read and interpret the Scripture. Don't ever take what I say as being the way it is. Take everything that I say into consideration but study and research the Scripture out on your own. God never intended for a selected few to translate and interpret Scripture for you. God always intended for you personally to dig into the Scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you very personally. Remember, biblical literacy has to do with knowledge, It has to do with understanding the context. But then it drops from my mind. It becomes more than facts into my spirit. And the Holy Spirit begins to teach me and lead me and guide me into all truth so that the knowledge and the facts begin to shape who I am and what I am and the way that I think. Don't take for granted that everything that everybody is saying concerning the Scripture is the truth and is right. 
you search out the scripture yourselves and you allow the Holy Spirit through and by your relationship with God himself to reveal to you the truth of God's word. The scripture was never intended to be read and interpreted by a selected few. Then let me add to that. Misplaced priorities. Let me ask you, what's absorbing your time? Where do you spend your time? What is really a priority? If the Word of God is really the Word of God, if the Word of God is life and and light, if the Word of God will bring to you and I both blessing and direction, then why do we not read it? Why do other things absorb and our priorities become other things? Continuing with those things that might affect biblical literacy. Methods of teaching. While we teach what we believe, we teach little as to why we believe what we believe. It's important that we really, within the body of Christ, and those of us who are in the the arena of, of ministry, teaching, and preaching, It's important that we not only teach what we believe, but it's important that we teach why we believe what we believe. And we need to look at the methods by which we are doing so. And I would add to that, that if we're not careful that we will only teach those things which are popular and familiar because people enjoy that more. I hear very little teaching in relation today concerning theology or major Bible doctrines. And then what happens? Well, that seems that it's become too heavy. It's too heavy. The people can't grasp that. They can't understand that. Now, that again leads back to attributing to biblical illiteracy. We need to teach and we need to preach major Bible doctrines and theology. We do not just simply need to speak those things which are familiar or which can be enjoyed by the listener. We need to look at our methods so that not only do we talk about what we believe, but why we believe it, then I would say that because of misplaced priorities, we just have little time. Our lives have become busy. What you need to do is, again, reevaluate your priorities and consider those things that are absorbing your time. Are you giving time to prayer and to the Word of God? I think one of the One of the major factors that attributes to biblical illiteracy is the absence of what I would refer to as Sunday school or church school. I mentioned in one of the earlier sessions that uh, for eight years I served on the board of directors for Pathway Publishing House. Four of those years as the chairman. The entire time that I was there, we, we witnessed the decline of the Sunday school hour. Now I realize in certain parts of the world, uh, they're not acquainted with what I'm referring to as church school or Sunday school. But I can remember when I was a young man, you would remember this in England, you would remember this in parts of Europe, certainly in the United States, that we would come to the church an hour early for what we referred to as Sunday school before 
we entered into what we would refer to as the morning worship service. And that Sunday school hour was a systematic chronological study. Actually, Sunday school literature was written so that over a period of time, five to seven or eight years, you would literally go through the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. It was the best systematic chronological group study that that we had available to us at the time. As a matter of fact, I can remember that it was in Sunday school that many people gave their lives to the Lord during that time of group, deep Bible study and Bible research. And then when we would come to worship service, it was simply that. It was a time of worship and a time of praise. Again, people became so preoccupied and busy that we began to seek after ways that we could reduce the time that we would come to the house of God on a Sunday morning. And somewhere in that process, we lost what I call Sunday school or what I call church school. We've attempted to replace it with specialized studies or other ways, strings, and means of study. But one One of the major factors that brought the church to where it is today was the educational process through church school or Sunday school that was held on Sunday morning. So this is what I would say. What are you doing in relation to group studies? Again, going back to methods of teaching, going back to methods of research and studies, could it be that what we have made church is just a time when we come in on Sunday morning for a time of just worship and praise, and that's it? And that's important. I'm not minimizing the importance. We're talking about the very real problem of biblical illiteracy among the church family that's coming together to worship. What are we doing in relation to group studies to make sure that that individual is educated within the Bible? What are you doing at your local church family? What about your teen ministry? What about your youth ministry? Where do you find the emphasis being placed? If we're not careful, we will bring our teens together, and this is important because we want them to come together. Uh, it, it becomes a time of entertainment if we're not careful. Uh, a children's church, uh, our young children, if we're not careful, it will become a babysitting time which we just attempt to occupy an hour so that the adults in a worship service can experience their worship time while we babysit the kids and occupy their time. It's it's got to be more than that. Youth and teen ministry is more than time occupancy or entertainment. Make sure that we are teaching the Word of God because what we have done, what I see happening in many churches, there was a day when the youngest to the oldest, sit in the worship setting in the house of God when we came together for worship. But now we have divided them, and we're putting teens in certain places. We're putting our our very young in other places while the adults are worshiping in this place, and our problem is we are not teaching Scripture. Biblical illiteracy, a very real problem. Now, when I mention the next, point 15, My context and frame of reference is simply this. I am the president of the European Theological Seminary. So this is coming from the president. One thing that attributes to biblical literacy is the fact that Bible colleges 
of preparing students to be CEOs rather than shepherds. I speak that to myself and to our faculty and other institutions. It's important that we prepare seminarians to be shepherds, not just successful CEOs. Then I will add to that. Christians who question the inerrancy of Scripture, losing trust in Scripture, which obviously will lead to abandoning their position on the infallibility and the authority of Scripture. We are hearing so many questions in relation to the Bible, and it has emerged out of our inadequate attempts to teach the narrative. Don't just speak the familiar Bible stories. Be willing to teach theology and major Bible doctrine. We are struggling with Christians who question the inerrancy of Scripture who are losing and abandoning their position on the infallibility and the authority of the Scripture. Heavenly Father, would you be with us today? And would you help us in our continued pursuit of understanding those problems and factors behind the decline of the understanding of your word? And would you speak into our spirit what we need to do to see it changed in our world? And we will give you glory for it in the name of Jesus. And amen. Thanks for listening to the ETS podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.ets-canibus.de